Well, good morning, everybody. What a joy it is to be a church online together here at Every Nation Rosebank this morning. Today, we're starting a new sermon series entitled The Anatomy of Hope. I'm sure you can all agree with me that what the world needs right now is more hope. In fact, we need some fresh hope. And over the next four weeks, we're going to instruct you in how you can stir up your own hope, in how you can steward your hope, and in how you can help those around you hope more as well. My sermon is entitled, Hope Remains, and I'm reading from 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Some translations say that faith, hope, and love remain. They are three things that go on forever into eternity. We could preach about the scripture alone for hours, but the point is that hope is one of those three things that goes on forever. One of the reasons we find in Romans 8, verse 24 to 25, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Throughout the New Testament, hope is synonymous with salvation, and our salvation is eternal. Our hope is anchored in our salvation through Jesus Christ. Because we fully and confidently believe in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we not only have hope for eternal life with him in heaven, but also a confident and sure expectant. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Throughout the New Testament, hope is synonymous with salvation, and our salvation is eternal. Our hope is anchored in our salvation through Jesus Christ. Because we fully and confidently believe in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we not only have a hope for eternal life with him in heaven, but also a confident and sure expectation of him very present right here with us on earth through the indwelling of his Holy Spirit. We cannot see God. And right now, it might even be difficult for us to find him or recognize him in the chaos that's going on around us right now. But as Paul wrote in that scripture, hope that is seen is not hope. If the world were perfect and completely at peace and harmonious, we would be completely unaware of how much we need him and hope would actually cease to exist. But right now, in this crazy season of coronavirus, of racism, of gender-based violence, of, of an economy that might collapse. God is with us, and that means that we have hope. As Paul said, we hope for what we do not see, and we wait for it with patience. Now, it's really important that when we read English words in the Bible, that we don't just put our own interpretation or de definition upon them, but that we look deeper and see what the original languages had to say about those words. You know, when we use the, the word hope in our modern English, it doesn't mean at all what the Bible says hope is. In our modern understanding of the word hope, we use it as a wish fulfillment, something we really wish for, but we have no assurance that it's going to happen. We might also use it as something we really desire, but we don't have any expectation that it's really going to come true. So a lot of my young people will come to me and say, Pastor Greg, I really hope I pass my exam. And when they say that, I remember when I was a young student and I used to say, 
exactly the same phrase. And usually for me, what that meant was I did exactly 20% of learning of the material. And what I'm hoping for is that the entire exam will only be based on that 20%. Who knows that that expectation was often not fulfilled at all. Um, the other day I left the house uh, for most of the day, and suddenly around lunchtime I thought to myself, did I close the front door? And I thought to myself, I really hope I did. But there was no way I could figure that out until I got home. Luckily I had not only closed the front door, but also locked it. And so the Bible means something completely different when it talks about hope. In Scripture, hope is an indication of certainty. The Greek word translated as hope in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, is alpes. Um, this is one of the great benefits of pre-recording services online, is that I don't have Dimitri shouting at me from the congregation and correcting my really atrocious Greek. But I will be expecting a voice note from you, Dimitri, so let me know how I did. The word alpes means an expectation, a confident and sure anticipation. And when you look up the word hope in a Bible dictionary, they take both the Hebrew and the Greek words and all the compound meanings, and they join it together. And it literally means a strong and confident expectation. Can you see that there's no wishful thinking there? There's no desiring. It is strong, and it is a confident expectation. Biblical hope is never static or passive. It is dynamic, it is active, it is directive, it is a life-sustaining. A biblical hope is not an escape from reality or from our problems. It doesn't leave us idle or drifting. If our hope is, is biblical and based on God's promises, it will put us in gear, it will get us to do what we need to do, and it will move us where we need to be moved to. Now, there is a close relationship between hope and faith. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith and hope are deeply interconnected. We cannot hope without faith. Faith is a confidence or trust in a person or thing or a belief not based on proof. Faith says it exists now. Faith represents a belief that actually exists. Faith is something that we possess in the present moment. If you are a Christian watching this, then right now you possess faith in the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right now, we have faith in the truth of God's word, of the Holy Bible, and we have faith in the nature and character of God, that he is a good, good father. Because we have faith, we have hope of experiencing that goodness, not just in the next life, but right here on earth. Because we have faith, we can hope. But we cannot hope without faith. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Some of the older translations say that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Our hope, our strong and confident expectation of eternal life motivates and inspires our faith. So substance is what something is made from. Substance exists. You can feel it and you can touch it. And hope is the substance of faith. When we choose hope, we can literally make faith out of it, like we would if we used material to make a piece of clothing. Hope is the material that we cut the garment of faith out of. But they're very interconnected, as I have said. And so sometimes in my life, I'm sad to tell you that I have felt hopeless. 
But when I feel hopeless, I go to the Word of God. I look at the Word of God, and that reminds me who God is. And it's not long, and I'm putting my trust in Him again. I'm putting my faith in Him again. And so even though I might not have hope, my faith stirs my hope back into being. And sometimes I just believe something is going to happen. I don't have a whole lot of concrete understanding of it, but my hope is so strong that it kicks faith into existence, and I actually trust. And this is how they work and interconnect together. And this is one of the reasons that hope is one of the three things that abide, that remain, that lasts forever, because hope gives us an eternal perspective. Romans 8 verse 18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. See, hope makes all the difference in the world. A study was done in which one group of Israeli soldiers were told they would go on a march, but they were not told if or when the march would eventually stop. Another group was told the length of the march. They knew there was an end. Both groups were tested for their stress responses. Although they marched not one foot further than those in the other group, those who did not know whether or when the march would end registered a much higher level of stress. Because they had no hope, no tangible assurance that the forced march would end, they felt hopeless, they felt helpless, and they were left wondering if they would ever be allowed to rest. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. You see, hope is the light at the end of life's tunnel. Hope not only makes the tunnel endurable, but it fills the heart with anticipation of the world into which we will one day emerge, eternal life with Jesus Christ. And actually, there are many places in the Bible that speak about, it, about this. You know, we know Psalm 23 so well. And there's one verse that we know really well. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Hope is the light at the end of the tunnel. Hope is the light that is the, at the end of that valley, of that shadow of death. When we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ with us right now, but also waiting for us at the end, we have all the faith, all the love, all the grace, all the joy, all the strength we could ever need to make it through that tunnel to make it through that valley. And this, sadly, is the hard truth about hope. Hope is not a guarantee of a trouble-free or a pain-free life. Hope isn't a magic wand that gets us everything we want. Jesus said in John 16, verse 33, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus prophesied that we would have struggles, that we would have tribulation, and he was absolutely right. We will have tribulation. Having a sure and confident hope in Jesus does not mean that we will not have hardship in this life. But just like the light at the end of a tunnel, hope keeps reminding us that life, that this reality, is the shortest and smallest part of our existence. Hope reminds us that no matter how arduous the journey is, the destination is way more worth it than we would ever imagine. And that is why we can never give up hope.
You know, I just want to say this right now. I've, I've discovered that there's a bit of shame attached to those of us who might catch COVID-19. And that is ridiculous. Um, it's got nothing to do with our faith that we catch that virus. It's got nothing to do with how much God loves us or doesn't love us. It's just the reality of the world we are living in right now. And I want to encourage you, should the worst come to the worst and you would actually catch that virus, you need to speak up. You need to tell your connect group why, so that we can pray with you, so that we can stand with you in faith, so that we can encourage your hope. Way more people recover than, than those who die. And there is hope for even that moment. So consider that as we go ahead. The real issue at hand around hope is not what we are hoping for, but who we are hoping in. Concerning Abraham's hope, Paul says in Romans 4 verse 17 verse 21, As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not, not exist, in hope he believed against hope, that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning that promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. You see, Abraham's hope wasn't based on what he saw or could perceive with his senses. Abraham hoped in the God who calls into the existence things that do not exist. He was 100 years old. Sarah was just in his 90s. They were tasked in making and having a baby. At that age, when he looked around and he thought about what was required from him, when he just saw what was natural, I'm sure he was just ready to give up and just go back to bed. But Abraham had the kind of hope that it speaks about in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18. As we look, not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Abraham had hope because of who God was. His was not a hope based in the circumstances, but based on the God who is above all of those circumstances. In the natural, Abraham had no reason for hope, but still he hoped. Abraham hoped in a person and not a set of circumstances. When our faith is in God, in his character, in his nature, in the consistency of his goodness, and his ever-present help in time of need, when we really comprehend, understand, and take stock of who he is, it gives rise to a hope that fuels an eternal perspective that allows us to look beyond what is just temporal towards what is eternal so that we live our lives in regard to what we see and not just what is happening right in front of us. Biblical hope is also rooted in the fact that we are justified in Jesus Christ. Romans 8 verse 30 says, And those whom he predestined he also called, and those whom he called he also justified, and those whom he justified he also glorified. When we take stock of our justification, when we understand that we are clothed in Christ's righteousness, not because of anything we have done or earned, but simply because of who Jesus is, then we can say, along with Romans 8 verse 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? 
He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? In other words, one of the reasons we can hope so confidently, so expectantly today is because the very Son of God is sitting at the right hand of God interceding for you and I right now, right this minute. He is joining us in our prayers to the Father. He is magnifying them before the Father God, and He is drawing us right into the Father's heart. Picking up from Romans 8 verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. So what exactly is tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, and sword? Well, the one thing they all have in common is that when we find ourselves in those places, it is so easy to give up hope. It is so easy to think that there is no hope there. But what Paul is trying to do with this very hard list of words is make it very clear to us that no matter where we find ourselves, there is no reason to give up hope. Whether it's tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, or sickness, God is with us right in that space. And what that means is that when we find ourselves in any one of those things, there is hope, there is love, there is faith there that God will stir in us to pull us through and to bring us out. It's almost like Paul is saying to us, not one of us has a legitimate excuse not to have hope. As I was thinking about this, I was thinking about that song, you know, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Well, God does. God absolutely sees the trouble you've seen, and he is a very present help right in that space. Right now, right here, there is a reason to hope. Picking up in Romans 8 verse 37, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. This is our hope. The one who loves us brings us through. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ, Jesus, who is our Lord. And this is our eternal hope that absolutely nothing in this life can keep us from an eternity spent in the loving embrace of our Father. Though no, that no matter what chaos we are facing on earth, it pales in comparison to the glory that will be revealed in us. Our hope is sure and strong and absolute. We absolutely have a reason to hope today. But let's be honest. As human beings, sometimes it's hard to hope when things are not working out, when we've been praying and crying out to God and it feels like nothing has happened, we can start faltering in our hope. But it is our responsibility to stir up our hope. What do I mean by that? Well, God is called the God of hope. He is hope when we look at him, when we hear from him, when we see him, when we're experiencing. Hope is one of the side benefits of that. Just being in his presence restores hope. 
And so we have to make sure that we're spending time reading our Bible, that we're spending time praying, that we're spending time worshiping Him, that even in the midst of whatever nightmare we might be facing, that we are going to go to Him and find Him, that we're going to call Him out. And if all we can do is say, God, help me, we're going to say it over and over again until hope comes back into our lives. And so I want to pray for us right now. Lord God, I thank you that you are the God of hope. I thank you that there is nothing like you in the universe that inspires hope, that stirs up hope, that gives us hope. Lord God, I pray that where we might have lost hope, that you would come right now, Holy Spirit, that as a fire burning fresh in our hearts, you would give us fresh visions of God, fresh visions of his goodness, fresh expectations of his favor, of his grace, and of his mercy. Right now where you are at home, just take a moment and just look into heaven. God is opening up your spiritual eyes right now. He is showing you him seated on a throne that will not be moved. He is showing you visions of his power and his might, of how big he is compared to whatever we are facing. And Lord, as we look at you, let hope flow into our hearts. As we look at you, God, may we not come up with any excuse not to have, have hope because we know that nothing, nothing will separate us from your love. And Lord, I pray for every one of us that you will look after us, that you will be there for us, that we will have testimonies of you stirring hope, of you providing, of you healing, of you just manifesting your goodness in our lives, in our families, in our relationships, in our nation, and in our economy. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I really pray that all of you will experience fresh hope this week. Much blessing on you.